take the risk to love the game. I think, I think that's what I would say is that I feel like um, sometimes when we look at the new generation, um, it's not, they don't work hard. Uh, but I, I think that sometimes there's this hesitation to let themselves kind of love the game and, you know, to really be out there and be passionate about playing. And, and cause ironically, I really believe that when you let yourself love the game and, and you're willing to show your passion about something you care about, um, you have more fun. And when you have more fun, you play better. And then ironically, you start to love the sport even more. So um, I think, I think have the willingness to take the risk to love the game. That would be my advice. Welcome to Full Press, the Field Hockey Podcast, a series of interviews with members of the hockey community across the globe. My aim is to shine a light on the valuable insight our hockey community has to offer. If you have a story, we want to hear it. My name is Chris Pothier, and I'll be your host. Full Press, the Field Hockey Podcast, is proud to work alongside the Hockey Factory Shop USA, the official distributor of Adidas Field Hockey, the only 360-degree product range. Specialist field hockey shoes, cutting-edge stick technology, bags, shin pads, and customizable team uniforms. Check them out at hfssport.com. That is hfssport.com. Just like Adidas, here at Full Press, we are creators. Let's begin. All right, welcome to this week's episode of Full Press Podcast, the Field Hockey Podcast. Uh, special guest, I know I, I feel like I've said that uh, every week we've, uh, we've had an episode, um, but this guest is, uh, is still local, still, still sticking with my New England roots. Um, you know, <laughs> really, really excited to have her on board. Uh, let me kind of quickly go through her, her resume and then we'll throw out the introduction maybe you guys can guess who it is um she played on the canadian national team uh for looked like five years do you want me to put dates in there i can put dates in there i just don't want to no dates it's no okay sounds good uh played on the canadian national team uh and then transitioned to the university of toronto where she finished her hockey career at the university of massachusetts um, from there it looked like she began her graduate assistant field hockey uh, so her coaching career centrally at the University of Massachusetts, where she then transitioned into an assistant coach after she was done. Um, and then another assistant position at Yale University, took over the Yale program, uh, and I'm not going to say years, yep, as the head coach, and finished uh, her college coaching career in uh, 10 years at Boston College, uh, transitioned out to the, I guess, the private sector running field hockey events under Three Step Sports LEC, LLC. Um, Ainsley Lamb, what a resume. This is incredible. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> Thanks. Very excited to be here. Very flattered to be asked to be a part of it. So thank you. Just, uh, you know, I think this is a good, a good prototype, uh, a good sort of follow up to our last conversation we had with, uh, with Courtney and then our previous conversation with Paul. Sort of trying to touch on, you know, all the aspects of, of field hockey and, and, you know, talking club hockey, but I think events is something that is, you know, it wasn't, it was kind of the same thing, right? We, we had the same programs X, Y, and Z, uh, for a handful of years. I know when I was starting to coach Cape Ann in 2006, 2007, you know, our kids did futures and then they did festival and we did indoor and those were really the three things. And now over the years, we've really transitioned into, you know, there's th almost 30 clubs in New England now, maybe even more or just under less. Um, 
and we're year-round, right? So we we offer fall programming, winter obviously with indoor. Uh, spring is you know our our our, probably our busiest maybe second busiest behind indoor Uh, and then summer programming as well Um, so you know as someone that's in the events the events world now you've probably seen a bit of that you know transition um, you know over the over the years I'm assuming right even just even just as what as young as you guys are Mm -hmm, definitely yeah I mean I think it's I think you've hit it right on the head I mean it's it's um I think we're very fortunate that, you know, you look at the the multiple opportunities now that exist for our athletes and, you know, you look at the ability that we've had to compete successfully internationally. And um, we look at our, our collegiate level hockey and, and, you know, you watch the final of the championship games for division one, two, and three, and it's like really, really great hockey. And um, I think that, you know, I take my role and, and ability to contribute to that very seriously because the more events that our young players have, um, you know, the earlier they're playing and the more they're playing. And, and as we know, kind of watching the rest of the world develop their, their game of hockey, it, it makes a difference when we're playing more. Um, so, you know, when we, when we look at having more events and more opportunity and there's, there's the argument that maybe the, you know, we get a little bit saturated, but, you know, I just really look at the opportunity for these, these young players to get really good at playing a sport of field hockey. (laughs) And um, I I think the level has, has gone through the roof all across the board for sure. And that's totally, can you, can you pinpoint it to, you know, having more events or better coaching or just honestly more opportunity in whether you're looking at, you know, the, MIAA or interscholastics, you know, colleges, I, you know, I want to say colleges are growing, maybe at the division one level, it's kind of, you know, you lose a program, you gain a program, uh, obviously with the, yeah. you know, with the demands and the cost of the scholarships and the field hockey turf, and it's not really a, a, a revenue generating sport, but division two, II, division three, I mean, there's, there's a lot of growth uh, um, at the base. And I think, you know, there's tons of room and ton, tons of opportunity for, uh, for you know for event companies like yourself but let's let's kind of back up a little bit and i know you know mm-hmm. i've 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 learned that you know over the years you you know you kind of you generalize so you played the sport you played the sport at an incredibly high level you coached you coached at different levels finishing at boston college in the acc which is arguably the best conference in the country um and now you're you know now you're running an events organization and you're also coaching club field hockey with Northeast elite still. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, do you feel like certain things that you've pulled from all of your, you know, the playing, the coaching has kind of allowed you to nail down this sort of part of the industry and, you know, it, whether it's leadership or just experience or creating a network. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing I noticed with your events, you know, is when we go, it's, it's like, we're all family and, and, you know, everyone working for and underneath the umbrella of, of three step, which is shooting star at, at least the events that I attend with, uh, with Cape Ann. Uh, you know, it's, it's like, we all know each other. It's just, everyone's there to help. The environment's awesome. The culture's mm-hmm. great. I mean, some of that has to have sort of a, a connection deep to you being a player and then being a coach and just honestly, like a, like an influencer in the industry and the sport in general. Yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, I, um, I mean, that, that made me smile so much. You said that like at our events, everyone feels like a family. And I mean, that's really the critical piece that, 
um, shooting star and, and college connection, you know, that, that is our foundation is that, uh, we just want everyone to feel really valued. And, um, I'm, I'm very unique in that I have been a player. I've been a college, you know, I've been a GA, I've been an assistant, I've been a head coach. Um, I've coached the in club. Um, I've coached my daughter. I've been through the recruiting process with my daughter. So I've also been a parent. Um, and I, you know, I've coached with USA field hockey. So when I look out there at any of our events, I, you know, I'm really fortunate that I can probably relate somehow to every kind of contingency that's, that's at our events. And one of the things that I think it allows me to do is to really understand, like, you know, I know what it's like to be that assistant coach who can't leave the field for 10 hours, (laughs) you know, and, um, yeah, really long recruiting days. More importantly, I know what it's like to be, you know, a club coach where, you know, you're, you're not just, it's not just one team that you're coaching. It could be, it could be two, it could be, it could be as many as five or six. And, you know, those days are really, really long. Um, and kind of understanding the pressure that exists for, for our club coaches to, you know, win, um, develop, and also obviously promote and provide opportunity for, for our club players. So um, I am really lucky. And, and I mean, honestly, Chris, I've been so incredibly fortunate with the relationships that I have because I really do feel like every event I run, if I walked up to you and said, Chris, I need you to help me with this right now that you would be so willing sure. to go and help. Um, you know, just just this year at Shooting Star, um, at, thanks, at our Thanksgiving event, you know, we run this event called Goalie Wars and, and we need help. We need, we need coaches out there making sure our goalies are getting showcased properly. And, you know, we have a tremendous, you know, we're very fortunate with a very long list of people who are club coaches that are willing to volunteer to help us run a great event. Um, and, and I think it all falls back on the foundation and the motivation of, you know, the sport and providing for me, like, I just want every, you know, athlete who plays field hockey to just absolutely love it and have the passion for it the way that I do. And, you know, in order for that to happen, you need to, you need to infuse energy in them and opportunity and excitement and development. Um, and, you know, we really, I really feel now in my role with shooting star and college connection that I can help assist in a lot of ways because I can help service all the different contingencies. Yeah. And, and I think that's great to hear. And, you know, if our listeners listen to uh, episode uh, three, I believe with Courtney, um, you know, Courtney talks about the culture piece and that's, and that's her why. And it seems like, you know, your, your why with three step is very much about the customer service and the quality of the product, not more, yeah. not more fields, more teams, you know, profit bottom line. I'm sure all of that plays into it, but at your core, yeah. your why is much, is much different, I think. And I, I think that is why you guys have been so successful. And can you just kind of maybe for the listeners talk about, you know, what, what programs fall under three step and kind of how does your calendar year shape up and are any of the events sort of connected in a way? Um, I know your regional cup uh, kind of follows up with a, a little mini tournament for clubs that mm-hmm. want to uh, in the fall, obviously you have shooting star indoor shooting star Thanksgiving Easter. So if you just want to kind of yeah. touch base on all those, it'd be great. Yeah, I think I think what's really exciting is, um, you know, Three Step Sports is is a phenomenal company. And it's, you know, the the motto is we is we run sports. And what's what's really neat and unique about um, Three Step is that 
our our portfolio of sports is is quite is quite broad. So we have you know we have basketball, we have field hockey, we have lacrosse, girls and boys lacrosse, we have um, women's volleyball, um, you know we have football, we have baseball, we have softball. So you know we have a lot of sports, which is is really neat in order. You know in my office I'm kind of around all of the Ainsley lambs of all the different sports, which is kind of really a unique opportunity for me to learn. Sure. Um, three-step field hockey, which is Pam Hickson and myself are the two that kind of oversee the field hockey arm of the company. It really has three different kind of silos. The, the first one is um, College Connection, which is purely a showcase. And our intention with College Connection is to, it's very small. Again, it kind of hits on what you just said is that we're, much more in the quality versus the quantity. So we cap the camp, we cap the camp at 140. And the reason we cap at 140, because it's 77 teams and we don't want more than 10 athletes on every team. So, you know, again, could, could we take 150? Probably, but, you know, we're really committed to making sure the 140 that are there um, are really going to walk away with a good experience. And College Connection Showcases is really for, not really, it is for that athlete who wants to go and play in college. And the exposure to Division One, Division Two, and Division Three college coaches is phenomenal. So that's direct, um, right? I, Those kids work directly with the coaches? Yep. Okay. Yep. So we hire, you know, we have, we actually have about, let's see, we have about 15 head coaches on staff. And then I hire about six to eight assistant coaches that are current student athletes, okay. which I think is really, really cool. Sure. I mean, those are the ones, that, those are the ones that the kids are asking the questions to, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and we make sure, cause I mean, you know, those moments for those kids can be, you know, kind of higher anxiety, whether it's outside pressure or just internal totally. pressure. So it's, that's, that's good experience yeah. for them. Yeah. And you know, the, the, our student, our current student athletes are staying in the dorm with them. So that's when, as you know, more of those casual conversations happen. And I think it's really key. Um, our student, the current student athletes that work for us, you know, we make sure we have a division one rep, a division two rep, division three rep. So our, our aspiring high school athletes are learning about all three divisions at all times. Cause I think sometimes we have this um, oversight for really opportunities that exist at all three sure. divisions um, but the college connection, it's three days. It's really intense. We do. I, my, my goal is for them to stay in the dorm. They eat in the dining hall. We have classwork sessions where they're, they're meeting with a sports nutritionist, sports nutritionist, sports psychologist, student athlete panel. I do a recruiting seminar for them. Um, by the time they leave on Sunday, they're pretty exhausted <laughs> to be honest, but Absolutely. yeah. But again, you know, we want them to walk away and kind of catapult their recruiting opportunities into, um, you know, motivating them, but also preparing them to, to be what it's going to be like to be a student athlete. So that's the one kind of silo we run. Um, the second one is elite field hockey camp, which is very much a team camp. It's a kind of, we preface kind of saying that teams come in and prepare for their high school. Um, it's a lot of field hockey, but also, you know, we really try to have very high energy with like scavenger hunts and, and spirit challenges and really giving teams the opportunity to kind of, um, you know, just work on their team dynamics was, as we know, we enter into the fall can, can be really critical. Uh, we really lean on the leaders of the team. So, you know, help getting them to help us with even deciding on rosters and games and, and whatnot. So, 
Um, we kind of lend ourselves that leadership quality to of the teams. Are there multiple um, I think, venues with uh, elite field hockey camps? No, we're only at Bentley okay, University. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And we're really lucky there because there's two turf fields, Great, two lighted sure, turf fields. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. So, and again, we hire, you know, as you know, I really value uh, very good coaching, very high level coaching. So all of our head coaches there are all college coaches. So they could be, they could be an assistant coach or a head coach, but they're all collegiate level coaches, um, which is great. So, you know, you're getting the, the field hockey knowledge and development, but elite field hockey is, is really, it's a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Like we might, you know, we, we play a lot of games and stuff, which is great. Um, the last one obviously is shooting star, which is our major event, uh, silo of, of three step sports and shooting star has gone from, you know, one event to now we're hosting almost 10 or 11 events, which is, which is fantastic. Um, the shooting star events are purely club based. So opportunities for clubs, the one thing we do, it could also be a high school, but majority of the teams that are entering our tournaments are club yep. club teams. Sure. Um, the calendar, we, we really start kind of my calendar starts with shooting star Thanksgiving. Um, this year was our first year in January. We were actually hired as an event um, event manager to run the winter escape showcase for the NFHCA. That happened in January. I heard nothing. That but was a fun- amazing experiences from the winter escape this year. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I I had so much fun hosting that event. It's again, it's it's only ninety teams. We'll always cap it at um, ninety. Ninety two is probably our, our max teams. And you know, I I love when those smaller tournaments are fantastic. I think you really have an opportunity to walk around and, and, you know, see all the kids. And I definitely get to shake the hands of probably every call, every uh, club coach that's there. Um, again, the NFHCA has done a really smart thing that they've um, kind of run that simultaneously with their convention. So not only does it increase the college coaches being there, which, which is important, but more importantly, it makes a, a very good event feasible for maybe some colleges that can't afford to, send their staffs to the convention and then also sure, to another event. Sure. So I really, I really like the combination of the two and um, had, a, had a lot of fun run it this year. We, we do a couple special events. We did a, uh, you know, goalkeeping showcase and a shooter showcase. It was fantastic and an uncommitted um, kind of showcase that was, was really overwhelmingly was just, just really well received too. So that was great. And the format's a so, little bit different than it's not by age group. It's by year of graduation. Correct. Do you notice, because I mean, feel, that's kind of new to field hockey. I feel, I feel everything is by, by, you know, U14, U16, U19, Yeah. you know, and I know you yeah. guys have open divisions. Is, is that format going to stay the same for next year? Um, do you see any teams kind of venturing towards the open or really truly being able to put in full teams or close to full teams with, with, yeah. one year? and I, and I know what four players can play up or four players can play down, which obviously is going to really help, you know, clubs that may yeah. not have full rosters in that one particular year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it was interesting because I, I think the, the year of graduation is actually more of a lacrosse thing. Um, if you look at any lacrosse events, it's all year of graduation. And um, I think that I, you know, I think it was great to try it this year. I mean, the recommendation from the board after this event and from me to them was that the open division was like 60 teams. And then the, the year of graduation was about 30 teams. So 
clearly the membership, you know, clearly the people who are attending the clubs attending are kind of saying, even just with that, <laughs> that the open division is a better fit for them. Um, you know, so I think the recommendation is going to be to move to all, all open division. Okay. The only, um, and the reason why I also recommended that to the NFHCA was that, and they recommended it really back to, to me was that the year of graduation is really cool. I think, I think it's a really great idea. The issue is the small clubs get hurt. Sure. Um, if, if you're a big club and you have, you know, 120 kids, you, you, probably have 15 kids from one year of graduation but you know where it was really hurting was us not being able to service the small clubs and certainly the nfha and three-step sports you know really want these opportunities to be not dictating to one or the other um so that was kind of the biggest thing that i heard this year was like okay we can't we can't be hurting these small clubs if anything we have to be helping them um so that's what we're going to kind of go towards more the open division The challenge for me with the open division is going to be the pairings. I just have to be really careful with kind of the pairings and making sure that we're having teams playing, you know, looking at rosters and thinking, okay, these are mostly juniors. Uh, so I'm going to have them sure. pair against mostly. Probably most. Yeah. You know, one thing that I never really thought about, I mean, it's because, because these things just happen, right? So, you know, as a club, you show up, uh, you check in your teams, you coach your, you know, five, six games over the weekend, and then you go home and, and there's certainly things yeah. in between. But you're like, how does the scheduling and the creation of pools and the management of yeah. umpires um, and even, you know, the porta potties and the tents and, uh, yeah. you know, so it, it's a little logistically. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine the scheduling and figuring out who plays who. Yeah. Now, do you do you also take into account uh, kind of the, the the quality of the club via, you know, whether it's mass max field hockey ranking or USA field hockey rankings and 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 yep. is there is it tiered in a way? I know shooting star, I believe, is, you know, you label your teams as as how much experience you have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it is it is really funny because that's it's one of the things that I absolutely love about an event is there's like so many moving parts and um Ordering the porta parties is probably as important as making sure you have an umpire oh, in the 100%. field. <laughs> but um, no, I, I do, and I have a, I have a lot of great help, uh, a lot of great people helping me. So um, Pam actually oversees all the umpires. But the the scheduling is probably um, you know the hardest part. And what we've decided with with shooting stars that the f- first and foremost, I ask the club coaches to give themselves you know, one through three, uh, and you can do a plus or minus one being the best and three being a bit more of a developmental team. And then, you know, I kind of look at, at, I really, my first thing is I'll group the teams on ones, twos, and threes, and then create the pools from there. The, the hard part is that, you know, you might say this Cape Ann team is a two because relative to your club level, it is an average team for you. But someone else's two might be more like your three, you know, so that's kind of the hard thing. So then I do then look at Max Field Hockey. So we're partnered with Max Field Hockey. Um, I look at Max Field Hockey rankings um, because I like Max Field Hockey rankings because they take into consideration all events. So they take into consideration JPOL and Shooting Star and the RCCs. And um, it's not just USA Field Hockey uh, sponsored events. So that's why I, that's the only reason I really, I, I like to use that. And Steph, I think does a phenomenal job with her research before she spits out the rankings. Um, you know, so I'll, I'll take a look at that. 
And then the other thing I really try to do, and this is where actually, ironically enough, this happened to you this year, but I really try to make sure if teams, um, you know, that I'll look at states. So I don't want Cape Ann to drive down to Virginia and then end up playing the Wizards. Um, You know, I don't want regional teams to be playing each other. Uh, the only time that might happen is if a team drops out and I have to, I have to like put you into a pool, right. If they rework it. But, um, you know, one of the things I really try to do is to make sure that teams are just playing different, different, you know, states and different teams they don't normally see. So, yeah, it's a lot of, it's a lot of drag and drop. If that does does happen, I mean, if that does happen, I mean, ultimately we're there for the kids to be showcased. So whether we're showcasing at HCC or, or, against you know a, a south carolina team it kind of is what it is but i totally get what you're saying where you know that's that is certainly important and now it's you know to talk about you know moving pieces and something that you you know did bring up and you know where you're giving back to the sport in the sense of you're creating opportunity and you're giving opportunity for you know assistance and first and second assistance to earn a paycheck over the summer with summer camps and college connection mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. umpiring development, I think that's huge. And, and I think something that stands out with your events, you know, it, you have some of the country's best umpires as umpire managers, mm-hmm. and you did that from day one. And then it, it kind of twofold where you where you do have a U12 and a U14 division, uh, you know, you have some very young, brand new umpires. And mm-hmm. honestly, I've, I have not really heard a, a, a bad thing about oh this game we had this you know really this umpire that had no idea what he or she was doing um because yeah. i think i think we all get it for the most part at least you know, i'm sure there's some outliers um but yeah you know, the, the, <laughs> always um but that umpiring yeah. development piece i think is massive and now being an umpire myself you know there's not a lot of opportunity to get direct feedback from quality yeah. highly respected umpires um yeah throughout the year so you know kind of touch on you know was that a a sort of a a philosophy from the start did you try to transition into that over the first or second year yeah no um well i have to say that that's all the kudos goes to pam pixon with that she is our umpire um, development kind of our umpire coordinator umpire liaison um, but no, it was, it was definitely one of our visions from day one is that, um, in order to run good events, we wanted to kind of be partnering with great umpires. Um, you know, Gus kind of got on board with us really early on. And, you know, one of the things that we, you know, we did want to do was provide umpire managers. It was a commitment we made financially that every event we, we run, we're going to have an umpire manager present there. Um, because it also, it's got multiple services, you know, like if there's a club coach that has an issue, um, you know, we want them to have a vehicle to express those issues. And, you know, I, you know, you and I know playing internationally, we don't do enough of that right right now where it's like, I just don't understand why she made the call. Okay. Well, this is why she made the call. Oh, okay. All right. Great. You know, I mean, so, um, we certainly want to provide that vehicle, but, um, you know, we've, again, this goes back to where I feel so fortunate is that we've been really lucky that those, those high caliber umpires want to be at our events and want to make our events better. Absolutely. And, you know, I think they feel very valued. We try to take very good care of them because they're a critical piece to our sport and to the development of our sport. And having Pam is there, that is all Pam does, the entire, not all she does, but that is, that's her goal is to make sure that we are 
hosting the umpires and taking care of them to the to the level that we want them to feel very valued when they leave. Um, on top of that, the the umpire manager. I mean, just having the ability to have Gus or Grant come out and, or Barb, um, you know, or Lynn Carino come out and watch one of your games and then talk to you at halftime and talk to you after and just that development piece was something that was was really important to us. Um, Barb Carrero is also someone now that we brought on board because she can actually make recommendations for getting your, as you know, getting your foot in the door right. of Division oh, Three. Um, so we really kind of charged her with being there to try and find some of the top, you know, top performing umpires at Shooting Star Thanksgiving that she felt could could get recommendations and wanted recommendations. So she's now kind of another layer to, to our development. And then, um, you know, the Kids Cup, which is we, we run as a U10, U12, U14. And we're also doing a surf and turf this year, which is U10, U12, U14. Um, last year at Kids Cup, you know, I emailed every coach that had a U10, U12 and said to them, we are going to have people on your fields that have never blown a whistle before. And I need you to embrace this, this opportunity for them. And I think that was really great because the, co the club coaches, you know, we're all competitive. I don't sure. care whether it's U8, you know, we want to win the game. We want our kids to yeah, Absolutely. You want to win the game. And, you know, watching the club coaches during the U12 and the U10 games to let these, you know, young women and young, young men go out there and just start blowing a whistle. And this is the coolest thing, Chris, is that at the start of Kids Cup, I mean, we had a couple, we had a woman and there was a, a young man who had never, never blown a whistle before their first game. I was like, Oh my God, how are we going to make it for this weekend? Yeah. And then by the last game on Sunday, they were phenomenal. Like they just, their confidence grew and we, Barb Crow was there for every game shadowing them. We had umpires who were willing to just kind of, you know, help them with their positioning. Um, and it was a really neat thing. It was kudos to the, to kind of the umpire culture that, they they actually really take very good care of their young. If you know sure, what I mean? Absolutely. Like they they do a really good job. And um, by the end of the weekend, we had two brand new officials who had never blown a whistle two days before, and were really ready to go out and do like a U fourteen game and start kind of their progression. And I think so, that, um, you know that creates right that summer job or you know the, oh, doing huh. indoor. I mean, you look at the uh, yeah. NIQs this year, and we had some brand new officials that were college coaches, college players. Speaking of your yeah. kids' cup, and I don't know if you remember her, Emma Ganley. Um, so I do a little bit of coaching with Fitchburg State University, and she's a senior yes. graduating at Auburn. And I saw her yeah. at Kids Cup. I'm like, what are you doing here? And she's yes. she's blowing a whistle. And now she works, you know, spring leagues. And she she does some, you know, uh, winter youth stuff um, where she can create yeah. a little bit of money for herself. And I think, honestly, it, it makes you a better player. And, uh, you know, so I, I think your focus to umpiring is, is, is tremendous. And <laughs> speaking of shooting star and having umpire managers there, I mean, I was – I think I was coaching maybe either U16 or U19 game. Didn't agree with the call on the field said a few things, got a green card and I looked over my shoulder and there's Grant and he's like, yeah. you deserve that. And I said, you're, you are, you are not wrong, sir. Um, right, and then we're able right. to kind of chat about it or whatever and get his perspective. Um, but I mean, those situations are, I mean, cause right. It, it's, it's like this sense of calm that allows things to be yeah. mediated right away because that can carry over into post game, not wanting to shake hands and then, 
you know, sounding off about an umpire down the road and just not having a good experience and you're walking away from an event with a bad taste in your mouth. But I think, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's really important for, you know, for the development now that I'm in those umpire shoes, I'm like, wait, how can we, how can we learn? How can we create opportunity? Yeah. And I definitely think that's one way to do it. Now that's, um, shooting star and then winter escape. And then you have a yeah. couple more events to wrap out the, uh, the spring season. Yep. Um, so the, the one you, we you're talking to is the, the regional cup is, um, you know, I mean, ironically, all of these events get created because people like you and, and Chelsea and, um, you know, Seacoast kind of come to me and, and kind of express a, for an end of yeah. the spring. Like how do we, if we don't make NCCs, how do we close out the season? Right. And that's, it's a perfect right. event. Yeah. I mean, it's funny cause it's just like, you know, certainly the opportunity and that's what I love. I, again, I, I mean, I'm so incredibly fortunate. Hopefully that comes across to this whole interview is that, you know, you guys have the access to me cause I, I want to hear what the needs are. And, you know, certainly being, having a daughter in it. I mean, I knew the year we didn't make NCCs, um, all of a sudden I was like, what am I doing with this, with this kid for <laughs> right. like two months, you know? Right, so, right. um, so the regional cup really was created to kind of fill that void for teams that, you know, a regional opportunity, again, trying to minimize costs and hotels and all that stuff for a new England spot. And then we're down in the mid Atlantic. Um, and really the intention is exactly what you said is that, you know, if we're only, if new England's only sending two clubs down to NCCs, which is, I think one of the best tournaments in the country, phenomenal, phenomenal uh, opportunity um, high level hockey, which Absolutely. is great, but you know, if we want to get better, we need our three, four, five, six, we need them to still be playing and, um, uh, and having, you know, at least an opportunity or even for a team that does send a team to NCCs, you know, that, that B level team that they have, that they need those kids to still have opportunity and develop and be on the A team the next year. Um, that's really what the regional cup was created for. It's really small. Again, we'll keep it quite small. So we only have, um, 24 team spots in U19 and it's only U19, U16. And then the two top teams in the A pool, if they choose to, um, they will get invited to the regional club championship. And so we have the regional cup Northeast and the regional cup mid Atlantic. The top teams from each will then go to the regional cup championship the regional cup championship will always be hosted in conjunction with one of our final fours. And primarily we're trying to promote division two and division three final fours. Sure. Um, so this year we were, we were at uh, Millersville for the division two championship. And then next year we're going to be um, running it in conjunction with the division three championship. And um, the reason I've really, I had kind of a, really motivated to do that was our partnership with the NFHCA. Uh, but more importantly, I, I think that kids get so, you know, fixated on playing division one hockey and you've already talked about it. The growth is really happening at, at the division three level and it's a, you know, phenomenal opportunities. And, you know, you watch the division two championship. I mean, it's incredible, incredible hockey. Um, so we want them to understand that there's, you know, there, there's more opportunity than just the division one, um, field hockey, all three are equally great, but what's the right fit for our athletes? Right. So right. that great that's concept. been really cool. Yeah, I love it. And and then the other thing that we also do during the regional cup championship is 
We don't run games during the championship game. We purchase tickets for all the athletes to go. So all of a sudden now, yeah, you know, maybe a division in front of tons of people. Right. So now you have like 300 kids in the stands wow. that maybe you might not have had, right. which I think is, you know, again, makes those athletes feel sure. special on the field. Um, and we also committed, we'll always do the, we also ball girl for the NFHCA, their senior all-star game, which is all the, as you know, the collegiate, the, the best seniors in, in the college in that division. Um, and again, our, our intention is really, we just want those high school kids aspiring to have like these incredible mentors out on the field and people that they want to be. And, and one day, hopefully, you know, the regional cup championship is ball growing for them. That's would be kind of our goal. Right. Um, cool. so it's a, it's a really, it was, it's a really neat, uh, concept. I have, a, I have a lot of energy around it just cause it is about also supporting collegiate field hockey in this country, which I think is really, again, why we're providing these opportunities for these kids. Right. It's, it's just, it creates that nice, that, that nice pathway, right. Of exposure. And then you're right. You know, one, you know, one day you're the ball girl for the event and the, you know, four or five, six years down the road, you are in that event, yeah. you know, so it really yeah. can kind of come full you know, full circle with certain stories like that. That's great. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We're very lucky. So it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it again this year and um, we'll host down it at um, four kicks, which is in Taunton for the, for the kind of the Northeast one. Um, Then we're down at the DE turf for the mid Atlantic one. So, you know, um, we're really looking forward to hosting those teams and kind of crowning the, the top, the top teams from those two age groups and move them on to the, to the club, to the national and then the regional club championship. I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, the last event that we haven't talked about would be Shooting Star Easter. Yep. Yeah. So Shooting Star Easter is, um, again, I think it might have been you or it's either you or Chelsea always telling me to run these events. Sure. sure. <laughs> um, but again, it's kind of right. It's, it's, we've run it in conjunction with Easter only because, um, you know, most schools have Good Friday off. Uh, we made a decision to keep it quite small. So the max amount of teams is 108 teams, which is what we have this year. But what's kind of unique about it is we run it over two days. So again, I mean, you know, that means that the most that parents have to stay in a hotel might be the night before and the night in between, um, you know, as you know, meals out, sure. all that, oh, all that stuff time. can really add up. These events aren't cheap for the families. They're not. So it's nice that we can, again, commit to capping the number of teams that are there, which is tough for teams that maybe don't get in. But also um, it lets us play you to play two games on day one and three on day two or three on day one and two on day two. Um, and we really kind of crank them out so they can get their five games in, but be home, um, you know, on Easter Sunday and, and kind of be most of them get kind of Sunday, Monday to recuperate and get ready to go and so it's a, and it's a great um, location right i mean just for for college coaches i mean they can drive you know and that's and that's yeah. why we've supported shooting star thanksgiving for as long as we have because yeah know, the, the cost of flights over that time is can be very expensive for a family of two three four five if they're bringing the whole family yeah um and these events yeah. are drivable um you know there you're, you're saving money you're yeah it's a little bit longer a little bit more stressful potentially but i guess so can an airport and the unre you know, un yeah. unreliability of flying at times and weather. Um, but it seems to always, you know, sort of work out, but I think that that local feel and keep, I mean, this, the sport is on the Eastern seaboard and then yeah. you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's from mid Atlantic North for sure. Um, you know, yeah. I know yeah. the, you know, regions one through three RCCs and, and we have, I mean, those events sell out in minutes 
And, you know, I think we always yeah. fill our RCC with 16 teams and we only qualify Easily. two, yeah. um, you know, because, you know, that's that's just the way it is. But, you know, could we qualify more? We could probably fill it if there was 20 teams per age group. Yeah. Um, you know, so, yeah. so the growth is happening and it seems like you guys are keeping up with the, you know, the growth of the events as well. Do you see all your events growing, prospering? Do you see kind of one robbing from the other or is there a nice enough balance mm. that people can, and, and are there enough clubs that can kind of keep you, you know, at balance with all your events that you do? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, I think we're, we're really happy with kind of the voids we filled now with, with the events we have. Um, so we're really right where I think we, we need to be with, with our events and, um, our goal really, whenever we have a new event is we are very committed to running that event and, you know, having the quality be kind of shooting star quality and have the, the experience be shooting star quality. Um, but then, you know, the, the following year, like potentially filling that event, that's kind of what, what our goal is. That's kind of our concept. Um, so I don't see us, well, I could say quite quite confidently not not adding any more events because you guys don't aren't in in any need for it and i think that what might be a bit different is we really try to listen to the club coaches and trust them and and what their needs are and how we can fulfill them and also college coaches i think are feeling like they are able to get all the evaluations that they need to and be making educated and efficient decisions with their recruiting um, and then, you know, obviously we already talked about kind of our umpire development where we have enough events right now where we feel like we can be contributing to that. So, um, certainly we're, we're really lucky that our events are filling. Um, I think based on the value that all the clubs, the college coaches, and the umpires feel with our events, which is fantastic. And again, listening, I don't hear any, any need that needs to be fulfilled right now. So, um, we would not be looking. I think, I think the only area that people are kind of um, chiming at me a little bit is getting more regional indoor tournaments. Oh, like 100%. I think you, you, yeah, yeah. The problem with the problem with indoor is just as you know, is you got to find a facility that right. can host it. Right. But um, I'd say that's the only thing down at NITs. A lot of the club coaches are kind of grabbing me and saying, "Have you thought about more indoor? Have you thought about more sure. indoor?" And you know. Certainly, yes, it would be something if I can help facilitate those opportunities, I would. But right now, I don't I don't see anything happening, obviously, until 2021. You know, something that, you know, myself, uh, Sarah at Seacoast and Chelsea, I mean, I can I can speak for our region. I mean, the three of us um, and with a handful of other clubs really, you know, we we truly believe that New England's special in the sense of, you know, we we have a lot of buying power with with whether it's USA, Mm -hmm. Feel Lucky or you guys. Because we, you know, we want yep. we want what what is best for the region, and you know, we we want to kind of control our outcome as a club, um, and not just be at the mercy of other people telling us, hey, these are the tournaments that you have to do, or there's no other events, so this is what you need to do. You know, so yeah. so we've started the New England Field Hockey League, where it's us, Seacoast, mm-hmm. NEE, and Maine Majestics, all clubs for the most part that don't really compete with each other. But even if we do, it, it doesn't matter because we're all in it for the right reasons. And we run yep. and we, and our club philosophy is kind of aligned. Um, but it's it's been interesting. You know, it, if you're not trying to change and adapt every year as a club, you, you're just you're not doing your job because the lands, yeah. the landscape in this country yeah. is, you know, what's what's American hockey. And and I think, you know, where 
other countries differ is we have the NCAA and we have the you know interscholastic high school hockey in the fall. So you know we yeah. we can't just build a fall club season, a spring club season, have it tiered multiple levels like like a European club system can. So it's very unique of trying to find that balance of playing the highest level, but understanding that kids want to play in their school teams because that's a valuable part yes. of their experience. But yep. also, you know, not overburning, you know, not burning these kids out. And do we take certain time off? You know, so I think having a lot of events is good to choose from. I think trying to navigate that landscape is super important. Um, yeah. and, and I think that transitions me into, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, the events that you guys put on and obviously you've played and you've coached at the college level, very high level in the ACC. Um, but now you are also involved with Northeast elite and, and you've mentioned Chelsea a couple of times. Uh, I mean, that's a relationship that, you know, she is a shooting star Ainsley loyalist. I mean, she, <laughs> when, when we talk, she is just always in support of your events and, and, mm -hmm. and just in taking your advice. And I feel like, she, you know, you've been a big mentor for her, like many of us, but specifically Chelsea. I mean, can you just talk about, you know, how your relationship started, um, you know, and then the fact that you're now coaching with her um, and sort of the challenges or the, you know, the upsides to that um, and, and why it's, it's just very unique. And I think it's, you know, for the listeners that don't know, it, it's a it's a really cool story. Um, if you just kind of want to mm -hmm. talk about that, and then maybe we can, you know, kind of finish up with the uh, with the club stuff and uh, talk a little bit about um, your daughter a bit. Yeah, um, Chelsea Fiore. She's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, um, so my relationship with Chelsea started a number of years ago at the festival when I was meeting with her to offer her to come to Boston College, and she blew me off. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, she, she was down to BC and UConn, I think at the time. Okay. So she had some really good opportunities, but um, no, I, I was in, incredibly lucky to have Chelsea attend uh, Boston college and play for me for four years and two year captain and um, kind of really cool side note. She was number one at BC and actually Brooklyn just got my daughter, Brooklyn just got assigned number one for uh for BU next fall. So cool. it gave, gave a little twinge in my heart there. So that was pretty cool. But um, so really it was the opportunity to kind of, to, to work with Chelsea. And, and I think we all know that um, I guess the thing we probably have in common is we're true competitors. Um, I think our will to win is very high. And um, I think we both are very driven to be successful. I mean, coaching against um, the two I, of you guys on the sideline. Oh, I, I got to, I got to bring my A game. It is awesome. <laughs> I, I love the I love the the dynamic that we have. But you guys are very much competitors, absolutely. And, and you obviously you are as players. And now you know you guys sharing the same sidelines. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. I feel. I, I mean, it's it's um you know it's very special. There's no question. And and I think when you're when you're a college coach, I think you know, as you've learned as a club coach, and and um you know as Chelsea's learned through NEE is that you know, sometimes you have to be really tough on people to get them to achieve what you, what you know they can achieve sure. and, and to really extend, extend them. And probably one of my, my, the favorite things as a college coach is when you see the success of these young women far beyond, you know, their, their college career. And, um, there's a lot of really great women that have played at Boston college and have gone on to impact everywhere across the country. But, um, 
you know, obviously the connection that Chelsea and I have is that she chose to make her impact be with the sport of field hockey. And um, so, you know, that's obviously really special for us. And when, you know, when my daughter Brooklyn decided to play, in, I think in eighth grade, I think Chelsea convinced her to, to come out and play where she had sworn up and down. She'd never pick up a field hockey stick. Oh, no kidding. Um, yeah. The, the only thing that I knew for certain was that if Brooklyn was going to play, the, the, there's only one person she was going to play for and that was going to be Chelsea. And um, I think that we have this incredible vehicle of, of field hockey, but really our goals are so similar in that we just want to empower these young women to be, you know, really awesome and uh, be really confident and, and really aspire to be great. And it's pretty neat that you get to use this, this vehicle, you know, field hockey is your vehicle that we're both incredibly passionate about. And we're very lucky that the sport provided us both with, with incredible careers and opportunities and travel and um, you know, my family and her family. And there's so many relationships that exist be because of field hockey that, we're both just really motivated to share that passion with these young women. Um, and yeah, what, you know, Chelsea is an incredibly knowledgeable field hockey coach and um, you know, she's running presses and outlining that we, that we ran at Boston college and she's learned from June Kentwell with, with indoor stuff and she's had amazing people impact her. Um, but her bottom line is really, is really teaching them to be passionate about, what they do it, it happens to be feel like at the time but to be passionate about any of their aspirations so um it's a great connection and you know, i think there's no there's no coincidence with the culture you guys have on over there you know and, and i'll certainly have chelsea on at some point um to you know talk more about it but you know when you guys are are down by a goal or it's tied or you go into shootouts or you pull your goalie you know things go your way and i think that's a huge testament to a having the coaching and playing experience that you guys have right to be able to prepare the girls for those in for those situations that you know you know as a club you train twice a week hour and a half two hours a session yep. so you don't have them yep. you don't have them six days a week like you do in a college to cover some of these details of you know pressing and outletting and, and well these special situations and what do we do here or do we just need to work on hitting and trapping so i definitely think you guys have set that bar high and created that culture together that you know it, it's Again, if you're not adapting and if you're not trying to change and reach for something, you know, kind of, you know, what's your purpose as a club? And, and, and I think the relationship in New England has only been enhanced with, you know, Chelsea pushing the envelope and having you there as mm -hmm. well. And Chelsea has a great staff and, you know, myself with Cape Ann and Seacoast and, you know, Wizards and, you know, and then even True Grid and Cape Cod Field Hockey and Blackstone Youth and HTC, really AGH. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm sorry if I miss anyone, but there's just a lot of good people in this community. So I think it really kind of comes full circle. I will share a story. Um, we were at U14 RCCs. I want to say this is four years ago, probably one of your first years coaching club. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, I, we were playing each other for, I don't know if it was to, to go to the U14 NCCs or to at least to get to the next semifinal or finals. And you said, Chris, I, you know, before we play, I believe we went to the shootouts. And before the game, you said, Chris, I've coached 
at the ACC and, you know, the ACC tournament games and, you know, at this high level. And I am more nervous with these U14s. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's definitely, I mean, again, because there's limited playing and you don't get to train all the time, it puts a little yeah. bit more pressure on on you as as a coach to win in these moments. And you know that, you know, if and when you win, it means better exposure for the club, getting the next yeah. best athlete, um, you know, the bottom line and, you know, being able to go to other events is only going to help um, all across the board. So it's certainly, uh, certainly interesting to yeah. see you transition into this kind of club level that uh, can be oh so competitive. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 um, I mean, first and foremost, I mean, you know, I think, I think Chelsea's fired me a couple of times as her assistant coach. Uh, Let's sure. make that, that very clear. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, her, her vision and, and her leadership and her direction. I mean, it's, it's been incredible from day one with, with Northeast elite. And I've just been really lucky that she's allowed me to be a part of it, to be quite honest. And, um, it takes a lot of confidence, you know, in, in having me around, sure. um, especially early on. I mean, you know, you're right. I just come from, you know, preparing to play number one, number two, number three in the country. And there I was, you know, lucky enough to be on the field with the Northeast elite girls and, um, you know, kudos to Chelsea for inviting me to be a part of it and having the confidence to be a part of it. But that's, what's unique about, about her and, and her direction is she just wants ultimately what's best for these young women and what would prepare them the best. And, um, you know, she does put together an incredible staff and, um, I love the fact that, you know, they're, they're women that are girls. I want them all to emulate them in, in every way. And we all bring something very unique to the staff and we're really lucky with that. But, um, you know, I, I will say that, going my my first experience I coached at Boston College I resigned I think in March and that very fall I was asked to coach the middle school team in Natick oh I remember <laughs> you telling me about a, 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 yes. about this with a pregame talk about what like third party was with the umpires and yes. I, it was basically completely wrong and I don't yeah. obviously they probably didn't quite know like maybe who you were and what your experience was Oh, that's gonna yeah. be funny. I mean, even you on the sidelines, yeah. you know, um, with uh, with um, you know Brooklyn's high school team, right? I think it's it's yeah. it's got to be interesting for you to be able to take a step back in that in that parent yeah. role. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, funny. yeah, yeah. But no, I mean it's it's unique, and I think the one thing I learned from, um, I mean, to coach at Yale for as you know five years as the head coach, and then at Boston College for the ten. I mean what a privilege honestly to just have these these special special young women around you and and the support that I had and it's um it was very unique and I feel very privileged to have the opportunity um and then to really turn around and and kind of experience the sport at a whole different kind of just path through through the club program has been just just absolutely amazing and, and um but you know I just keep falling back on the fact that every time I step on the field I honestly just want that, you know, girl, boy, I just want them to be so legit and to have so much fun, you know, playing a sport and, and to really walk off the field and f feel really good about, you know, something they accomplished that day because they, every one of them accomplished something in, in some way. And um, I love kind of infusing the pride in the sport of hockey. And I want our young women and men to feel, you know, that it's, that it's a great sport and they're really proud to say they play it. 
Um, and I get to really impact that through running great events. It's what motivates me. I want them to come to our events and feel like, wow, this is legit. This is really important. Our sports, you know, right out there. Um, all the way down to working with the U14s at, at Northeast Elite and, and understanding the importance of teaching, you know, basic skills at that level. And um, I've been really, really lucky, Chris, to be able to kind of do a lot of different angles of, of the sport and have the opportunity to impact it as, as best I can. I feel uh, much gratitude. And I'm, and I'm sure, you know, one of the, the, the more fun roles that you've had in this sport is being a parent, right? Um, you know, I mean, yeah. talk to me a little bit about coaching Brooklyn and then seeing her go through the recruiting process um, and, you know, and, and, and wind up at a great college, um, you know, having yeah. experience that she's had, has there been ups and downs um, to, to, you know, to mom, coach and daughter? Um, has it been pretty positive? Have you kind of had to, you know, relearn some coaching aspects in a way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I have to really compliment Brooklyn because I think that uh, it, it can't be easy <laughs> at times having me having me coach her and, and um, you know, whatnot. But I think that one of the things that we really established quite early on was that, you know, when we were on the field, that um, the only thing that I could promise her was that I was going to treat her equally. And that I wasn't going to have higher expectations and I was certainly not going to lower my expectations, but that they would be equal to all the other athletes that were out there. And um, I really tried to stay very true to that. And, um, you know, she did she did a great job. If she wasn't performing, I would address her the same as I would address her as another athlete that wasn't performing. Um, So I think that that was something you know, just treating her equally um, and fairly was really what my commitment to her was. The other thing I was promised her was that any opportunity that I was afforded, um, she would be the first person I would ask. And, you know, so when Chelsea asked me to coach the, my first year there was to coach the U14s and, and Brooklyn was on the team. Um, you know, I said to Chelsea, this is Brooklyn's, you know, I need to get Brooklyn's input on it. And, you know, Brooklyn's been my biggest supporter of transitioning from college hockey into club hockey. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm indebted to her to let me have those opportunities because she could have very easily said no and, and been able to kind of pave her own path at, at Northeast elite. But I was really lucky that she was confident enough and, and felt supported enough that I could be present with her. Um, but then, but then clearly I'm really lucky because Chelsea understands that when I leave the court or leave the field, that my role then is to go and support Brooklyn as a mom. Um, and Chelsea really lets me kind of have that dual, dual role, role. Um, so I'm really focused on the sideline, treating Brooklyn as an equal and having the same expectations I do for anyone. Um, you know, but as soon as that, that game ends and we finished our debrief, uh, I'm really lucky that I have the opportunity to go and be be a mom of a great kid. I mean, she's she's a really really great kid, so I'm very lucky. And I can certainly you know um, be a testament to to her maturity on the field. Just I mean, I've coached her a little bit with some skill stuff in Sudbury, um, but yeah. when I umpired the El- the Algonquin Nata game, and those are two very good teams this past fall. A having you on the sideline, yeah. like just I get sweaty palms. I'm like, all right, like I, I, I just I just did Harvard UConn, and now I'm nervous because Ainsley's watching me. Um, yeah, but you know, I I was able to. It was a very physical game, and I was able just to call her over during a little downtime and just have a hey, you know, as a leader of this team, I need you to control a few things, and here they are, and go do them. 
And that way yeah. I don't have to manage with cards. And, and she was able to really control and understand why I was saying what I was saying. And she, she, she yeah. got, you know, she, she had a pulse on the moment. Um, and yeah. I, I think that's right. Uh, you know, Paul Caddy talks about in our first episode, you know, the tactician and the thinkers, uh, as, as good of a skilled player as she is, you know, she's, she's certainly a thinker and, you know, I, I'd be anxious to see if she, do you think she'll get into coaching, uh, you know, obviously maybe during the summers while she's at BU or post, or is she going to get an engineering degree and stay far away from, uh, the post hockey world? Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, her, her strengths are her, her understanding the game is at elite level, which is great. And, and she, she knows that her transition to BU, she's got to pick up her skill level to kind of match that. But, you know, she's really lucky to be coached by um, both Sally and Tracy. And there's, there's no question. She'll, they will get her to the level that they need her to get to. Um, I cannot predict where that child is going to be. Cause I mean, in seven, is there, you know, as late as seventh grade, she was pretty determined never to pick up a field sure, hockey stick. Sure. So, um, <laughs> you know, I think, I think like any, you know, I love the sport and, and I have a true passion for field hockey and, and, I mean, it opens so many doors for me and, you know, really my only motivation is to open the same doors for the young women and young men behind me and, and just kind of show them what doors can be open. And if a door opens for her and she chooses to take it, I, I think it's fantastic. Um, right now, all I'm excited for her is the opportunity to put a BU uniform on and, and, you know, understanding to represent that program as, as best she possibly can. And, I know she takes that responsibility seriously and, and understands kind of the commitment that and the sacrifice that's required to be a part of the Division One Field Hockey Program. Um, so right now, I just want to see her, you know, get to report day, which is August tenth, and see where we go from there. Is there is there a uh, a full on terrier support, or when BU plays BC, is there going to be is there going to be like yeah. I can't really lose in this, uh, you know, ha having been at the Boston College yeah. for ten years. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think I think you're right. I don't I don't think I can. I don't think there's many games that I could honestly really lose in. Um, I think that. I have so many incredible peers that are still coaching and, and, you know, or were peers that are, that are really now just, you know, just such great friends and, and people that I try to help, you know, in other ways with their programs. And um, I still, you know, I get to be a spectator at those games now, which, which is exciting. It's hard not to be watching the press and watching the outletting right, right. and trying to figure out tactically how I would change it. But um, you know, it's definitely a privilege now to be a spectator for the sport and really, just hope for a great game every time the sports play. That's all I really, really hope for. The the BCBU will be a little bit unique. I think Kelly Doten is dear to my heart, and I'm so thrilled with the incredible things she's done year. with with Boston. Great year. What a great year, and more importantly, just incredible young women that she's mentoring now. And I'm I'm so so proud of her. And and what's cool about Sally with um, she'd be the first one to say the same thing about Kelly. And and I think all we hope for in that game is that it's another great representation of how good new England hockey is. Sure. That would probably be sure. the goal of both those coaches. I yeah. worked, uh, I worked yeah. a scrimmage at BU this, uh, this fall. And I, you know what, maybe just, maybe I'll get that assignment when it, when it really matters in the, in the regular season. Yeah. Um, Ainsley, yeah. so this is, this has really been a, a great conversation. I want to end, um, with a few kind of one minute questions where I'm going to ask you a question. You have under a minute to answer it. So 
quick, oh, short. Okay. Um, the first one's kind of three part um, because you're as as round as well rounded as you are with you know with the sport. Um, proudest moment as a let's start with player since that was first in your career. Proudest moment as a player. Uh, uh, national championship in Canada. Okay. Simple. All right. Less than a minute. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Um, proudest moment as a coach, and let's go college. Oh, jeez. Because I'm not going to take that no RCC a... victory or something over potentially. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, there's some thrilling club victories. That's for sure. Yeah, Shootouts. Marley getting a stroke the NSC NCCs. <laughs> Um, geez, you know, I don't, there, that's a tough one, Chris, cause there are so many, um, you know, just accomplishments from, you know, on the field and off the field. And, um, I think, I think probably ironically would be more about some of the challenges that our teams have overcome. Um, I'm probably more proud of that than some of the wins on the field where maybe a teammate's struggling. Um, obviously we alluded a little bit to, you know, Chelsea's, um, you know, health challenges and the BC team rallying around her and at Yale, I had an athlete get in a car accident and watch the team rally around her. Um, Those are probably my, my biggest victories are seeing the young women kind of understand their role is beyond the field hockey field. Good. So just kind of that overall, you know, why we play sport, right. And and it's certainly, it it can bring you up in the, in the most, uh, you know, chaotic moments. Um, And and, this one, um, Maybe you've answered, but proudest moment as a parent. Oh gosh. Um, I think I was I was pretty. Pr- I, I am I am proud of, of Brooklyn quite daily, to be honest. Just because she is a very strong strong woman, she's very her will is she's very determined, and um, which can be challenging to parent at times, um, but. You know, I think it's, I think when I see her be a great teammate, like that example you gave about the game where you brought her over sure. and, and she's able to go and lead. And I think those are the things I'm, I'm most proud of when, when she has the ability and, and takes the responsibility seriously to be a good teammate and be a good friend. That would be probably the most proudest moments yeah, and, for me. And, and we have a player, Aaron Little, in our club that does yeah. the same thing. And, you know, and it's going to be great that they're going to be teammates eventually. Yeah. Um, so yeah. That's a great, that's going to be a great little pairing to watch. Uh, all yes, right. So last, definitely. last one. Um, if you could give advice for the next generation, uh, you know, what, you know, what would it be? Generation of coaches. Um, let's go player. Player. Um, if they're, if they're a, you know, a, a, a freshman in high school and they, they still have a couple, yeah. you know, a couple more years before they get to that college and they, you know, before they get to the recruiting piece, before they get to the yeah. kind of higher pressure stuff. Yeah. Um, I think my piece of advice would be like, take the risk to love the game. I think, I think that's what I would say is that I feel like, um, sometimes when we look at the new generation, um, it's not, they don't work hard. Um, but I, I think that sometimes there's just hesitation to let themselves kind of love the game and, you know, to really be out there and be passionate about playing and, and, because ironically, I really believe that when you let yourself love the game and, and you're willing to show your passion about something you care about, um, you have more fun. And when you have more fun, you play better. And then ironically, you start to love the sport even more. So um, I think I think have the willingness to take the risk to love the game. That would be my advice. Love it. So I think uh, yeah, I think we covered a lot. Ainsley, I want to thank yeah. you for wow. your time. I know an hour and five minutes. I can't get 
an, uh, an interview <laughs> done in under an hour. Um, I feel like this could I'm be sure. an hour and a half. So I, you know, I, I do appreciate you taking your time out of your day. Um, thank you for, you know, being a supporter um, of the sport, um, growing the game as you are and, uh, you know, uh, allowing us to have influence on that and be a part of it because it's, it, it, it really is a special, a, a special moment as a club coach and uh, as someone that, you know, as, has, has been mentored one way or another with your championship field hockey DVDs and oh, gosh. <laughs> throwback, right? <laughs> Those were on yeah. DVDs. They were not BHS's DVDs. Um, yeah. Oh, they certainly <laughs> were. Yep. Um, no question. So, so thanks so much for taking your time, Ainsley. And uh, I appreciate the support. This will be out in, uh, in, uh, in no time. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for uh, promoting this and promoting the sport, Chris. Here, we appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Full Press, the Field Hockey Podcast. New episodes will be delivered to your desktop every Monday morning. As this develops, our goal is to generate more content for our listeners. You can listen to our podcast on Spotify and Apple iTunes right now. Please subscribe, write a review, and share with your community. You can follow us on Instagram at Full Press Podcast. That's full underscore press underscore podcast. And online at our website, www fullpresspodcast.com. Thanks so much.